Welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Carl Sudella. And we are talking about Thor from 2011, directed by Kenneth Branagh, starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston, Anthony Hopkins, a bunch of other cool people. Kat Dennings is in it, Clark Gregg. I, I think this is by far the best of the Marvel movies we've watched so far. Yeah, like a uh, spoiler up front, I think we both like really like this movie. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Yeah, I, and there are spoilers for a movie you've probably already seen. So anyway, I thought, first of all, Hesworth is just a fucking movie star. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what movies he made before this, but obviously he is. From the minute he, we see him on the screen and he's in the, in the uh, ceremony and he winks at his mom. Like yeah. the guy commands the screen. Yeah, that that whole scene is like, hey, look at me, I'm Thor, which will come back to bite him in the ass later on. Right. So there's actually a little, there there's a character arc in this movie that, that we don't really get in any of the other movies. Yeah, there's there's basically like a backstory of a character who has like crazy powers compared to the other movies we watch, right? Mm-hmm. Like this person comes loaded with a ton of powers. It's Thor, you know. And so there's a lot of backstory to unpack, and so to just jump right into it, the beginning of the movie is the present day where Natalie Portman, who I'm just going to call Natalie Portman. What's her real name in the thing? Jane Foster. Jane, right. Natalie Portman finds Thor and like there's this huge, you know, crazy cosmic um, occurrence that they, they're watching for. She's an astrophysicist. She's with her science buddies and Kat Denning. Um, and they are trying to, you know, figure out what this huge weird anomaly is. And all of a sudden they find Thor. But that's just the very beginning. And then they jump back in time, really far back in time, to talk about the Asgardians. And how they fought back the frost giants in the 12th century or something. Yeah. Yeah, and their whole take. And that whole thing just kind of totally, like, it sets up the movie. It gives this movie this feel of epic grandeur. It's bigger than just these few characters. There's this giant cosmic battle going on between the Asgardians and the frost giants and it's all connected by these bridges and these battles have been going on forever and thor gets angry and decides to take his anger out on the giants because they've tried to invade asgard and take away one of the tesseracts the tesseract yeah that's where it makes its appearance there is they get that from the frost giants right yeah and they take it back so like first of all this movie just like totally makes sense the way they set it up like they give you a little bit of drama and then they take it back and then they build up this larger world around it, which I thought was really cool because it's also what we see, we get this voiceover from Anthony Hopkins playing Odin. But then as the movie goes on, we see he's actually telling the story to young Thor and young Loki. The actors, by the way, who played the kid Thor and Loki are just perfect. Yeah. Especially the kid who plays Loki. Like he's got that wink in his eye. Hiddleston has also like you he totally looks like this kid the kid version of this you know crazy trickster character yeah you can see their whole like dynamic building right from that from the get-go and you're like okay this is how it happened this is how cocky Hemsworth and you know uh, Loki um, were interacting as kids and then like yeah you said like that's the kind of going back and you're telling that Anthony Hopkins slash Odin is telling the story but then uh, it's their adults, and that's when Loki does his first like deception. Mm-hmm. Well, and you see Thor coming out and getting this. There's a ceremony in front of all the other gods, and Thor is like this prideful 
arrogant shithead, but also clearly like the favorite child. He's yeah. the first child, but he's also the favorite child. We don't find out why a little later on in the movie. So already there's the seeds of the rivalry between Thor and Loki. Yeah, and then they have that whole uh, thing where the Frost Giants attack. Remember, like they get into the area where the Tesseract is and they fail because of Metal Guy. <laughs> what, what should we call him? Because he's, that, in, he's intense. That's the, that's the destroyer. Okay, the destroyer does destroy. And obviously they're not going to get it, but just that kind of like attack on you know, their, their area and almost got the Tesseract makes Thor go into a, basically a tantrum. Yeah. He just throws a, a temper tantrum. Um, and then of course, Loki convinces them because Loki right from the beginning is always like, Hey, you know what you should do? You should do this. Uh-huh. Why, why do you want to do this? Why don't you, why don't you want to go fight those guys? Cause you like fighting those guys. And he, he's yeah. like so appealing in that role. Oh yeah. Like, like, I always liked him, but coming back and seeing him again in this role, you can see just how clever this character is. And he's going to have a whole series that we're going to really like watching because of that. Um, before that, by the way, if you want to like Google while, we're, while I'm talking about this next section, what else did that actor do before this movie? I'm wondering. You mean Hemsworth? No, no, no. Hiddleston or whatever. Oh, that's a good question. Just because I'm, I, I feel like he's he's just totally attached to Loki now. Um, and as you look that up, yeah, basically he convinces Thor to go on a like rampage and go and try to fight the frost giants on an offensive, right. And not a defensive thing, uh, which allows Odin to show up and get pissed like a bet, like an angry parent. And then I'm, I'm moving us along quickly here, cast him out. And that's like the big, huge conflict there. It looks like Hiddleston was kind of an unknown before Thor. He did some TV series I've never heard of, Suburban Shootout, Cranford, and Wallander. Maybe these wow. are European shows. And then something called Archipelago. And then Thor. Wow. Okay. So this is like, this put him on the map. This was his first major movie. Yeah. And now he's got a whole TV series out of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, he's kind of become a star too, because I don't know. He's, he's a great match for Hemsworth. Yeah, I gotta. I want to ask you: Do you think Hopkins is proper, right for the role, or not right for the role? That's good to call that out now before we get too far into it. Yeah, so that's a good stopping point. Uh, Thor gets cast out. Let's talk about Anthony Hopkins. I'm on the fence with it. Um, at times, he, you know, with his little eye patch and stuff, he looks like, in his big beard, he looks the part, and he feels like the the father that would know better, you know. But then I just like a lot of other movies, it's Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And I get lost because both of us have read comic books. And uh, what I was going to say earlier is that I actually like that they finally, we have a movie on this list where it's like Asgard has this whole history, like I was talking about. And we, you and I know it from the comics, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I get to see some of the stuff that we had always just read in the books. Yeah. Um, and so with that, Odin in the comics, it's just like such a, powerful figure and then i see anthony hopkins and it's like he's the actor yeah and i get why they picked up hopkins because he's got this like gravitas to himself Mm -hmm. you know he's like he's the kind of guy who plays king lear yes to to talk about the briefly about the director brana too right he he's got the that's why he resonates with brana so he's he's got this power to him but yeah there's he's like almost too big for this movie in a way I think so. Yeah. 
the whole time I'm thinking, you know, okay, little Chianti or whatever, you know, he, he, he's, it's like when you watch Brad Pitt in the movie, it's always Brad Pitt playing a character and not the character. I always say that when I, I, I my example is Denzel Washington. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's just Denzel Washington. Like he's going to go after the bad guy and say, I'm going to get him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Denzel Washington. And you're just waiting for those little ticks. Yeah. So yeah, to, to that point, I think I would have picked someone else. And at the same time, I, I did believe it. You know, I didn't like not believe that he was Odin. His gravitas, like you said, made me feel like it. So I got a little distracted thinking, yeah, this guy doesn't have the muscles Odin should have. That's true he's, too. He's not, he's not the big guy he needs to be. Like, I get that. I mean, there was a decent father-son relationship with him and Hensworth and Hiddleston, but you know, it's he he didn't sell me body-wise. I mean, they dressed well, him in all the armor, so I guess he looks okay in the armor. Well, what's interesting, this is the first time we're seeing him in a comic book movie, correct? Yeah. And he's the weakest he's ever been in this movie. <laughs> like, You're right. He's super weak. He's in, in later on, we'll get to it. He's in a coma. Like he's in his, his, what is it? God sleep or something. Yeah. And yeah. And so like the only time he feels like, yeah, yeah. He feels powerful twice in this movie. And the first time is right now, what I just talked about right before he casts Thor out, he shows up, remember to kind of like break up the party between the frost giants. And he looks like, Oh, I can just destroy anything right now. Mm -hmm. He looks in full form. I think, um, even though I think they commented he looked weak, but he didn't seem weak. So yeah, so that's that's our take on Anthony Hopkins. But let's just jump back into the the flow of it. This is the where it really gets fun for me because you know we've talked about this on the podcast. I like the levity, especially with all the action. And the minute Thor's on Earth, and you know meeting normal people, Natalie Portman, Cat Denning, like it's fun. A lot of people don't like Natalie Portman and I get it. I mean, her role in this, in the prequels isn't the star Wars prequels kind of takes away from my liking of her, but I think she's just fine in this role. I think she's fine. And who doesn't like her? Those people are terrible. Well, she's <sighs> terrible as Amidala. I mean, come on. Oh, right. But that's the movie's fault. Oh, we could, that's a tangent. Let's let's have that tangent. be a different Wait, podcast. We're, we're doing a, I'm, I'm bringing up a tangent on the podcast. I've never heard. What? Well, just to, to, to kind of solidify her in this movie, she she's a believable scientist, so I believe that. She just dresses down. She's just a regular person, yeah. you know? There's nothing like movie star about her or like other movies that might have her be like that way, glamorous or something. She just, you know, just wants to get to the bottom of things, and I think her and Hemsworth have a good chemistry. So yeah, she, I don't know. She's good with her buddies too. Yeah, they all feel like they've been together doing what they're doing. Yeah. The little crew. My favorite part is when he goes to the diner and he smashes a coffee cup because he likes to drink. <laughs> He's like, I'll have another. And they're like, what are you doing? God, you know, how could... He's one of these characters that in the diner, I could just imagine. I remember actually in the movie, they're like almost, almost the sound coming out of the crowd as they're watching Chris Hemsworth hanging out at the diner, throwing the stuff around. Like, like he's just so likable. He but, is so fun to watch on the screen during those scenes. Yeah, but and also to your point though, especially because movie theaters, what's what are those again? Right. Um, someday soon we'll be going to them. But someday very soon. There is something to that. I remember like seeing big Marvel movies in theaters, and when like the levity moments happened, they were really, really needed. 
mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of these movies, especially like like some of those Avenger movies, Ultron, etc., even the last one, they're just so intense and so much and so 10 out of 10 all the time that I like being able to be like, okay, let's take a break for a minute. Yeah. You know, and let's have some like levity. So they do that for a while with Thor and I, and I like it. Then moving on, Loki uh, looks like a frost giant. Oh, so Loki goes and tries to check out the Tesseract and looks like a frost giant all of a sudden. And I was very confused and I had forgotten this whole part of the movie until I rewatched it that he is a half frost giant or a whole frost giant. He's yeah, he's adopted. Yeah. They rescue him. And then that's Odin when and, uh, Odin and Mrs. Odin, they don't, they don't give Odin's wife a name either. By the oh, way. she has a name in the series at some point. Yeah. But yeah, Anthony Hopkins uh, tells, see, I'm doing again, Anthony Hopkins. Well, but, that's his mom is Frigga. I didn't realize this. I guess I knew it. She's played by Rene Russo. They waste Rene Russo. They waste? What do you mean? She, you barely even see her. Yeah, she's not in the movie much. And she yeah. she's very good though. She's in other movies though. Remember, she pops back up. She's been in yeah, she's been in a ton of movies other than no, this. but she, she pops up in Marvel Universe again. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, so I'm saying it's off on a tangent. No, no, no. I was just saying that Anthony Hopkins tells him that he's adopted, right? And yeah. He t- says, okay, yeah. That whole and that just makes him more angry. So that's just gonna be fuel for the fire for Loki going forward, right? And then uh flash forward to the real quickly Thor trying to get the hammer. He can't, he's super sad. Hawkeye shows up. I forgot Hawkeye's in this. So did I until I just saw him that one. And he's only there for one second. Yeah. I that was the one moment in the movie where I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Okay, that's awesome. He didn't do anything. He just was like, Do you want me to shoot him? No. You, you, no, you serious? Okay. Yeah. Cause he's with Shield and they gave yeah. us that to Clark Gregg, like Agent Coulson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't really mention them. They've they've been in this movie already. At some point they introduced themselves. Uh, I don't know if they've done this already, but they took a bunch of Natalie Portman's equipment at some point yeah. when that happens. All of a sudden, flash forward to Loki jumping into see Thor, telling him that uh, Odin's dead, which is a lie. And that makes him all, you know, messed up. And then he goes to the Frost King. This thing I was confused by. Maybe you can explain to me. Was it Loki's plan the whole time to kill the Frost King by tricking him to go to try to attack Odin? That's how I interpreted it. Was was that he could create whatever chaos, he could create chaos whatever happened in that fight. So by tricking the Frost King to come to Asgard, there was no way he could lose. Right. Because really, what he wanted to be on the throne by himself. Right. Which he ends up being for. So whether the Frost Giant wins or loses, he still has the chance to be on the throne. I get it. He takes some chances, and lots of times they pay off for him. Loki's a trickster for sure. And then right after that. He's like fake being the king and he decides to just end a whole race of people. Right. That's in this movie too. I forgot about. Yeah. Or he tries yeah, it, to. It feels so dark, right? You want to like Loki because he's such a fun, interesting character, but he's so fucking dark. That's messed up. Killing a whole race of people. You think so? Yeah. Well, a whole planet and just not even like one particular. Right. You know, it's just like, let's kill this planet of beings. Mm-hmm. So then jump back to Earth. We're almost at the end of the movie, but jump back to Earth. And well, I want to stop. We didn't talk about Idris Elba. Oh, the, the gatekeeper. As He's the gatekeeper, in this quite a bit. Yeah. Hemdall. Hemdall. Another yeah. character that I wish we had seen more of because Idris Elba is fucking Idris Elba. I don't know why I'm swearing so much tonight. It's okay. And, he, I don't, 
oh, I didn't have any. Oh, now I don't have any liquor. Now I'm sad. Um, what, what you call it? He was in movies before this, I'm sure. But this also might have been a coming out party for him. Like, whoa, well, this actor's amazing. In the Marvel universe, yeah. But I mean, no, I mean, even just films. I don't know how many films he was in. Oh, was he in The Wire? He was on The Wire. He was yeah, Peter so Bell forget the about it. Yeah. Forget about it. He was already had fame. He was like the, the big character on The Wire. Yeah, that's right. I haven't seen that for so long. So he is awesome in this. He shows up a bunch of times because basically he's telling everybody, don't leave. Yeah. He's just like, come on, guys. Do you really want to come on? He's got those strange eyes, too, that are like full of cosmic energy or something. And a lot of power, although Loki just stops him, which sucks. Yeah, yeah Loki just freezes him. Yeah. He gets the shaft in this. Like, he doesn't he doesn't fare well. Yeah. I, I guess at the end, he's kind of okay, but yeah. I, I wanted more Idris Elba, and I wanted more Rene Russo, but I'm not sure I needed them in this movie. And we'll you want a different movie if you want that. Yeah. It's yeah. just the Rene and Idris Elba show. Um, so yeah, I wanted to see he, her fighting. I wanted to see her do karate or something. I don't think she ever does karate in, in any of these movies. No. <laughs> Although, again, that's another movie. Um, another movie. So jump to the ending, which is essentially on Earth, where uh, Thor's buddies come out and to ha- help uh, Thor fight the Destroyer. The Warriors 3. Yeah, they're cool. They're fun. Another levity moment. Yeah. Aren't they? I could watch them all day long. I'd, yeah, I could see Thor and those guys just hanging out and doing movies. Like that, mm-hmm. that'd be fun, you know, or a mm-hmm. TV series like a, a WandaVision or a Falcon. I always love them in the comics and they've done so well here too. I thought Sif was also a great character. She's really strong, tough, you know, just like a goddess should be. Mm-hmm. She's there fighting along with them. But yeah, the destroyer, did you buy the destroyer as a big threat or did you think it was too much, too much CGI? Oh, I mean, there's a two questions. Like, is it, was the CGI annoying? Not really. And did I think of him as a threat? Like, I thought he was just going to like dissolve uh, Thor because he didn't have any powers, but it was actually Loki controlling him. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, how did Loki control the destroyer? He was the king of the gods, so he could destroy the gods' tool or run, command the gods' tool, I guess. That's, that's a little loosey goosey on a technicality. I'm not sure on that one, but okay, yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, so he doesn't kill him, but they end up beating him anyhow because Thor gets his powers back. And then, because he made a selfless act, selfless act. Yeah. Thor can have his powers back now. And then, yeah. Oh, then they have to go smash the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. And to save all those people from dying. Save all the people. And then, then we get a happy ending. We have a very happy ending. And then he loves Jane slash Natalie Portman and that he can't go see her. Yeah. But... So I guess it's not a happy ending. It's a tragic ending. What am I saying? Yeah. Cause he's destroying the bridge and they can never go back to Earth again. They never but... came right. Yeah. But he met a girl. <laughs> but he met a girl though. And they had a kiss. And then, yeah, flash forward, it shows like, uh, you know, they're like being all scientist and like looking for Thor and trying to figure out where he is. And then credits, and then we get the shield, quick shield uh, scene. So, overall, a, a really entertaining movie. Better than I remembered it being. Better than I remember it being. Yeah, me too. And I, I had more parts to it, like what we just described. You have like the whole Asgard background. You have the in quotes like levity love thing that happens on Earth. Then you have a lot of different big battles, and you have people double crossing each other. It's just a lot of stuff. 
and it feels like a, more of a modern Marvel movie too, because it's full of all these supporting characters who seem really interesting. Like we were calling out, like there's a half dozen characters who we'd be interested in watching in their own series. Oh yeah. Like I'd watch a Warriors 3 show. I'd watch a Sif show. They all seem so interesting. Oh, not to mention Kat Denning. Is that how you say your name? Denning or Dennings? I think it's Denning singular. I don't know what her, what's her name in this show again? Oh, it's <laughs> plural. She plays Darcy Lewis. Darcy, okay. So Darcy shows up and obviously we started this whole podcast series because of WandaVision, really. Yeah. And here she is showing up and she's doing the same thing she does in WandaVision. She's figuring shit out. Because in this movie, she does it a couple of different times. She has boards of like things and she's like figuring things out. It was just so great to see her in character. And like we get that she's in character character because we just saw her in this other thing that was filmed 10 years later yeah and they write the character just right it's the same person it's the same person but they also like she's totally in character based on what we just saw in thor like it's just really great planning no i'm saying it's she's the same person as in the character yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like she looks a little bit older which is great she acts a little bit older but she's the same person and that's part of what makes these marvel movies so great it's like if you pay attention, you get all these little Easter eggs. I know. And as we're going through it, like, yeah, like a lot of stuff starts popping up for us because we're doing it in order, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend anyone listening, by the way, follow along with us, go back and listen to the first episode and then follow along and watch them because it is really cool to watch them in order. Um, so we have to do score time and I'm, I'm on the fence with this, but I don't know who should go first. I'll give it a 7.5. I thought you'd go higher. Yeah, I was debating going higher. I, I, I can't find one to rate it down. That's what I'm saying. I just, I just don't think it's going to be. I think we're going to give Black Panther like a 10. What well, is that the nine, wrong way five? to think, though? Because I started thinking that way, too. I was like, well, we got these other movies coming up. I, we should probably put them all out of our head. And it's actually good that I don't have the scores in front of me when it comes to the, our previous movies we've already rated, because I think we should just treat it like an experience. Like I just watched it today to, to, to treat uh, it as if we just watched it for the first time. We haven't seen anything yeah. that comes after it. Like I literally, then, I, I watched it so recently that it's like, so in my head that I just, I just base it on what I just saw and experienced. Well then based on what I saw, like I have almost no complaints about it. It's a really fun movie. It c- totally captivated me. I mean, if you, I guess compared to everything else we've seen in this series, I know that's the thing. If you do that, that's like a nine. Okay, let's. I'm gonna split the difference, and I'm gonna say eight point five because I I can. It's very few things that are that are difficult with it. I guess Anthony Hopkins does bother me now that you brought it up a little more than it should. I think the the length is a little long because it does tackle a lot of different things. You know that whole past and everything. It's fun to see, but it did feel a little long. Okay. It it could be a nine, but I feel like. My gut is saying 8.5. Okay. Well, we're not far off from each other. You're saying nine, then you're sticking with it? I'll stay with it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a great film. I mean, I really, really like it. I think a lot of the reason why it's so great is because Kenneth Brennan does a really good job filming it and give it, gives it that mythical power. They need a Shakespearean actor to bring a Shakespearean feel to one of these movies. And it just feels like it's such a level above what we've seen before especially the Iron Man movies, which are just disposable junk. This feels a little more substantial. Well, it feels epic. 
Yeah. You know, like, like the director, it feels like this epic thing. And that's why I'm saying it's a little long because it's almost like a novel or something in that way. Yeah. Where, like, here's the beginning of all the things, you know, and here's also present. Here's a flashback and here's a big, huge action scene. So it's got one, it checks the box on all the things. I mean, the other thing is that it doesn't feel like it has that same three-act structure that the other movies do. I mean, mm. I suppose it does because we have the scenes in Asgard and the scenes on Earth and the scenes where Thor gets his hammer back. But it doesn't feel quite as like three-act structure from a formal sense as oh, just, the other movies. Just think about Iron Man 2, the thing that we thought was garbage. And I forgot what we gave it, but we gave it low scores. That thing, that third act, like you're saying, was like so you could just tell it was coming a mile away and it was and it wasn't good. And this one's like six acts and they're all out of order. Like, you know, what I mean, like near the end, they get back in order. But like, yeah, it's just like these things you're watching. Vignettes. Vignettes all come together. It's a great it's a great movie. Next week, we get the Avengers. Yeah, they actually say that in this movie. They say to be continued in the Avengers. In the Avengers. I saw that in the credits. I am really looking forward to rewatching that also. I haven't watched that since it was first out in the theaters. And just for a fun preview, when, what year did that come out? Avengers? 12, I think. 2012, if that's right. If that's right, that's nine years ago. Good golly. 2012. Yeah, almost okay. 10 years ago. Well, we're going to do it next time. May 4th, 2012. So yeah, almost exactly nine years ago. Directed by Joss Whedon. So um, be prepared for the Whedon element of it. Uh, thanks. I'm really glad we got to talk about this together. So am I. This is one of the ones that I actually was excited to watch. Because I, like I've said before on the podcast, some, especially The Last Hulk, <laughs> I will skim through. But uh, this one just felt like really great to watch. Like it was just, I, I loved watching it. Like it was a good movie. So. so so go watch it it's on disney plus you probably already are paying for it so yeah go watch you it earn its money yeah they'll get like 0. 0.0005 cents <laughs> thanks carlos where can people find you uh youtube.com such a lot of things and also tiktok at video game sketch i'm on tiktok and uh listen to classic comics cavalcade available where you can hear this podcast as well cool thanks bye Oh, thank you.